0: to another week of kate and isaiah living large i'm isaiah and i'm kate and on this episode we're going to talk about different interventions of weight loss be it medical or dietary yeah but before we get into it anything you want to talk to this coming month week's
1: yeah, well, you know, I don't think I mentioned it in our last episode because I was so excited about <laughs> you breaking your plateau that I am stuck in the same plateau that I've been stuck in for months now. And there's a range, and I think uh, a couple episodes ago I talked about how I'd broken it and I'd gotten down to the 399 mark again, but I can get on a scale on a Monday and it can be 405, and I can get it on a scale on a Thursday and it can be 399. And, but it's not going any lower and it's not going any higher. So it really is a true plateau. And, and I, and I recognize all the things about how you're not supposed to weigh yourself all the time. And I generally don't, but it's getting a little bit frustrating, which leads me if I can make this transition. um, It leads me to some conversations that I've been having with my own doctor and my own stuff. So a couple of weeks ago, I was at my doctor for a regular checkup to get a, a re-up on my blood pressure medication because, I mean, not entirely surprising does a person who is overweight have blood pressure issues. <laughs> yeah. um, Crazy. It's wild how that works. And so I said, she's like, well, I hadn't been there in about a year. So is there anything else on your list? And I said, well, I've been, I said, I've been, I I, I had previ- she had previously prescribed Ozempic to me. So I took Ozempic about a year and a bit ago and it truly did not work for me. Not, and I've talked about this before. It didn't really work for me. And then when I went off of it and I only correlated this after in conversation with other friends, I put on 55 pounds or something.
0: Right. Yeah, we, we had talked about we that talked about before. Is that you had bounced back.
1: So I was telling my doctor this and she said, and I've talked about this whole doctor's visit previously, but it does set us up for what came next. And and what she had said, in case this is your first time listening, <laughs> is uh, she said it's normal for you to bounce back after some weight loss. If you when you go off as I was like, no, no, these were 55 new pounds that I found. And she went, oh, and then she asked the question. She said. Have you thought about bariatric surgery? And truth be told, in my own head. I had been against any kind of surgical intervention right? because I felt a great deal of shame. Like I've done this to myself and I shouldn't fix it for myself. <laughs> and yeah, I can go to the gym and have coaches and, you know, and all those things, but that's not the same because I'm still doing the work. But to just succumb to surgery, I just, in my own head, could not get behind that. It certainly wasn't going to be anything I asked for. right? Until... I, I kind of was like, well, and she said, look, the wait list is super long. And so I said about a year to the guy I'm going to refer you to. And, you know, you can make the decision then and just hear it out because she said, and I've talked about this before too, but it, it really was life changing for me. She said, obesity is a disease like blood pressure, like anything else where there are so many factors that are beyond your control. We need to treat it like it's a disease. And so this is just another medical intervention and you meet the criteria.
0: Yeah. So go tell, tell me a little bit more about what bariatric surgery is. What, what, what does it entail?
1: Well, it's a litany of things uh, that are all kind of fall under the same umbrella. And I think it depends on the person and the doctor as to what options there are. There's that, uh, lap band which um amanda yeah, that's talked that's right. about when she was on the shell where they squeeze off part of your stomach with right. like a band and then it gets filled up with it, it basically
0: means that you can't eat as much you're basically restricting your stomach from right
1: and they all have that same concept that they yeah. in some way restrict your stomach and if you go full surgery is they like cut off part of your stomach and reroute it um. So this is gastric bypass surgery, which I think is the m- most severe, but also an- and least reversible as in yeah. it's not reversible. <laughs> well, you're, you're literally pieces cutting <laughs> pieces of your stomach off and rerouting it so that you can literally consume less. Right. And I've had friends who've had that done. Yep. And I had a good friend once uh, come up to me in an inopportune moment, <laughs> but <laughs> in a situation and shortly after she had had it done and she implored me to ask my doctor about it because she's changed my life and which was good advice except I was <laughs> at a music festival and I was like, I'm going to cry. So.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So uh, I have been doing a little bit of research and just like looking at some of the side effects. So, um, I know that there is uh, a ton of different side effects that can happen. So yeah what concerns do you have of those side effects?
1: Well, one for me is, well, the funny part about this episode and us talking about it is I misunderstood one thing from my doctor's office that was happening. (laughs) They had called for another appointment and I thought it was with a bariatric surgeon, but it turns out it was my doctor calling me back to tell me she had to refer to me to a different bariatric surgeon because the person in St. John is like a private clinic. And only does like people who are maximum 55, uh, on the BMI scale. And I'm more than that. So I'm, <laughs> I, I joked to myself, I was like, Oh, I'm literally too fat for fat person surgery.
0: Great, right? are You're basically skinny at 55. Uh, like that's, Kind of crazy.
1: No, no, no. The, the, your 55%. body mass, you yeah, 55%, you know, you're not
0: skinny. I mean, you're, yeah, okay. <laughs>
1: but <laughs> <You're> Like <laughs> at, they say a good average for somebody is between 20 and 25.
0: I have some issues
1: with BMI. Well, as do I, but that's <laughs> one of the measures that they use in this particular office, which is fine. And my friend Katie, actually, when I was telling her this, I was like, Katie, and she was like, stop. And she did the calculation. She said, you would actually be at 55 if you lost another 50 pounds.
0: Yeah.
1: You know, no big deal. I've already lost one fifty, how about another 50? fifty? No big um, Whole t- yeah, exactly. If I could do that, <laughs> which you know that's what has kind of started to alter my view. So the current to your question that I've rambled on about um, there are a few things that I'm really concerned about i'd like to I really want to weigh the cost and benefit uh not financial cost, but the cost to my life. Yeah. Of having the surgery and weighing that risk against not having the surgery.
0: Yeah, like uh, what what restrictions you're going to be able to right. do with your rest of your life, basically. Yeah,
1: what what does this look like in five years, in 10 years, in 20 years? Versus what will I look like if I carry on in a way that, in a responsible way as I am today? What does that look like in five and 10 to 15 years? Because at the end of the day, I'm over 400 pounds and that's not good. Right whether it's my fault or not, how I got here that it's not good. It, like I talked about it the last episode it's hard on your joints, let alone your heart and <laughs> other things that make your body function. So there's some real risks with being over long-term overweight, like morbidly obese right. is the term, which is a really terrible term medically, but it is the medical term. And the, the word morbid is in there for a reason. Yep, And so that's, this is something to consider when there is surgical uh, intervention at play. But then there's always risk with surgery, right? And I believe it's a laparoscopic surgery, which I had when I had my gallbladder out. Mm-hmm. Which is, uh, ironically, one of the risks of getting this surgery is having gallstones, well, which I can't get. <laughs> there's a win. <laughs> And I, and I managed through that surgery, okay? My recovery time was a little slower than other people, but not too bad. And so I thought, okay, well, that's fine. My other concern is what happens to the
0: hanging skin? Yes, that is a concern I just have in general of losing weight.
1: Yeah, but if you but, do it uh, like through the gym and gradually, is not as big of an issue as surgical there. intervention.
0: So would that be part of the surgery like once they've taken off a lot of weight off of you would that not be a part of that added surgery
1: what i don't know is it's i I don't it's not a part of it it's a separate surgery that i do know uh second to that the first surgery is covered by our medicare system because of the aforementioned health risks and being morbidly obese and that was only since 2004 in the research that i had done and that's when they decided that being morbidly obese has like extreme negative, um, health well, repercussions and hurts the Medicare system.
0: So it's dental out there.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. Versus it being purely a, um, uh, um, uh, thing for your looks. What's that word? <laughs> the word cosmetic that, surgery.
0: <laughs> yeah, I guess. Yeah. I guess the question would be is like, is the, Removal of excess skin considered cosmetic. I,
1: and I couldn't, and I didn't if, find that out. And whether that's a cosmetic surgery or whether that is a natural addition to, to bariatric again, surgery. Uh,
0: yeah. I, w- I would hope that it would be because I, I can understand if you're just going to get it done, like getting skin removed done, it wouldn't be. But if it, right. if you're getting like this surgery that is going to drastically change your body, that I would hope that that would be covered.
1: Right. Or, and then what I also don't know. So if anybody is watching or listening, who is a medical professional who might be able to answer some of those questions and I mean, I will ask them when I have appointments (laughs) and things in the next year, year and a half, or whenever I get an appointment is how much of that is covered and how dangerous is that surgery? Yeah. Uh, Because, or will it eventually fix itself? Right. Like, will the hanging skin, because you know, Uh, If I I know that as you age, your skin gets looser, which is, you know, everybody, you you hear old women everywhere talking about the wave that keeps on waving. Well, honey, mine's (laughs) done that since I was a teenager. Um, But I I am 40 now, which is I think still on a pretty good state of having some uh, elasticity left to be able to recover more naturally. But if I was 50 or 60 or 70, that wouldn't be the same case. And so I don't, I'm, you don't know yeah i don't know how many times i've said on this podcast that i'm not a doctor
0: we are not medical professionals and please don't take medical (laughs) advice from either of us that that's interesting yeah i I would hope that it would be covered but that's definitely that would definitely be a concern um is how drastically your body would change so rapidly that hopefully that, that.
1: Well, and then the other concerns I have too, if we're a year out and I've been working out for another year and I'm, you know, generally fit and is it going to like affect, like obviously there's surgical, surgical recovery time. Does that set end up setting me back in some ways? Like it's about weighing all those costs and benefits. And I, and, and I, if I knew the answers, I wouldn't have a podcast.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Right. No. And, And so I've been looking at other options that are out there. So, um, you talked about uh, Ozempic, yeah. Um, which I think other people call it like glucosamine or something like that. Which is it is like it's supposed to be a diabetic thing. It
1: started as a treatment for type two diabetes. Yeah. I do know that, and then it works so well at people losing weight. But when you read the stats on it, it it averages to be about ten to fifteen percent or ten to fifteen pounds a year, depending right. on which you know. I lost that. Easily, yeah. yeah, it's what comes next. So,
0: what I have been the people that I have seen using it know that are using it, um, use it in conjunction that they're got they're males. Uh, can they've talked about they had low T and mm. so they've been have they've been doing HRT, okay. which is all in the news what for is, other what reasons. Is, what is HRT? I don't uh, know, it's a human testosterone. Oh, okay, yeah. okay, okay, gotcha, um, yeah, used in uh transitioning and gotcha. things like that. Um So they've been using it. They've had that because their testosterone has been low. um, And then they've been using that with in conjunction with uh, Ozempic and and working out um, to help them lose weight and gain muscle mass. So it's been an interesting topic that I've been seeing coming around a lot lately.
1: Yeah, it's an interesting thing because there are some side effects with Ozempic. There's side effects with everything. Right. And one of them is extreme heartburn. Okay. Another is just feeling sick kind of all the time. Which I mean is how it works, right? Yeah, yeah. Like <laughs> and uh and you just can't eat more than a little bit. Yeah. Which, you know, is not a bad thing, except sometimes you want to eat even if it's a good thing, you want to eat more than <laughs> a little
0: bit. Right, right. Uh, yeah, those that, that's another one that's one that's been popping up a lot more recently and online and things like that that I've seen. Um, and then there's the keto you
1: know, I
0: Atkins, as it used to be called. Well,
1: Atkins was a little different in that you were allowed a little bit of carbohydrates. And I, I did Atkins when the book came out yeah. because I have tried almost every diet that exists. <laughs> um and it was it was interesting because it worked i lost 25 pounds on atkins yeah. in a couple of months and then stopped, and i wasn't as heavy as i am today so 25 pounds was a pretty sizable amount
0: my fear with keto is you're putting your body into ketosis which could be bad for you it's not supposed to go into ketosis. I, I i don't
1: i i'm afraid of it as well carry on
0: yeah. So that's, that's my fear uh, is that putting my body into ketosis is a scary thing. And I know people that do it and they eat a lot and there there are, there's a healthy way to do it and a non-healthy way to do it. Yeah. And my fear is that I don't pay attention and do the non-healthy way, which is just, I'll eat a ton of bacon. <laughs>
1: right. Which, you know, it, it kind of, my mom and I have this conversation all the time and we're like, okay, Keto could be great and I think it could work really well. And I've actually been doctor recommended keto in the past and if a number of years ago because there has been some proof of it working and yeah. being able to take off a chunk of that weight. And it's something that I would kind of consider right now, but there's a way to do it with, you know, lean chicken and fish and all that or there's a way to do it with bacon and cheese. <laughs> right. And as my mom always says and as her father always said to her, everything in moderation and when right. you do anything extreme, it's gonna kind of have a pendulum swing right it'll work really well and then it'll okay. go the other way
0: and so i've been looking into the those options just to to go back to our conversation a couple weeks ago when we talked about plateauing uh, i feel like i've come to a point where i need something just to push me over the edge yeah to get to another stepping stone um so i've been looking into temp what the side effects are of things and what the temporary results versus what my swing back will look like because right. there will be a swing back If once i stop doing any of the stuff that those medically op, medical options or non-medical op, dietary options um there there's going to be a swing back but
1: and that's and that doesn't mean you shouldn't try certain healthy ones like i i i did a food plan at the beginning yeah. and I'm planning to go back on it. I just haven't done it yet. But it kind of fo- followed some of those uh high, higher protein, some right. fat and a-, a ton of vegetables. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And lower lower carb, not low carb, but lower, lower carb. carb. And it's not as extreme like it's a pretty as far as plans go, it's a plan, but it certainly is not terrible to follow. And I find it's one that I'm never, never hungry on it. When I was like, I almost said never full, but that's (laughs) not what I meant. And it does work really well, but there are a few things that as a person, and I think there are ways to not do this, but I, I need things to be fast and easy because of my lifestyle that you have to eat. Like for me, I had to eat like three quarters of a cup or a cup of protein with every single meal and a ton of vegetables, which gets yep. expensive. Oh, yeah. And there are a few things that you lean on pretty heavily when you're eating, consuming that much protein. One is boiled eggs. Right. The other is cottage cheese. And the other is 0% Greek yogurt. <laughs> to the point where for a while after, if I looked at another freaking boiled egg or up a cottage cheese again, I'd throw it across the room.
0: <laughs> yeah. And I think maybe the other things I've been looking into, I think, is the just learning more about, uh, micro nutrition nutrients and things like that, because, uh, that has a whole lot to do with uh, dieting and how you eat. And I think educating myself more on that side of things before I like deep dive into like crazy diet. And
1: I mean, and none of it's crazy. Like anything that I do nowadays, like I I mean, there was a time that I tried to juice fast and you know, that's not pleasant because I almost
0: passed out four days in. Did you do the like honey chili one?
1: I tried that. Yeah.
0: My friend did that one. Yeah. Because like, oh, wow. That's just under eating. But if you're <laughs> doing
1: anything where you're consuming real whole food, yeah. including vegetables and protein, you're really not going to screw your body up that much. And it is worth trying to get that chunk of weight off because it's not really a crazy plan. Right. It's eating good it's- nutritious food yeah. and cutting things like alcohol out. And they, don't, they don't do well at that. I know. <laughs> uh, uh, or finding a way to use that as your carb intake. Like, I don't think you have to do a whole degree in micro micronutrients to try something like that, uh, if I'm being honest.
0: So there are people out there that do, like, just kind of teach you about it. Uh, yeah. I know there's little programs out there that you can, like, pay people. And they're like, hey, let's talk about you eat and how you eat. And let's figure out what your micronutrients are.
1: Well, and I'd like to know what a dietitian thinks of some of these things too, because a dietitian is a medical professional and, and going back to surgery, I believe that it's an entire team that you talk to, including a psychologist and a diabetes, diabetes and diabetes. You speak with diabetes directly. No, a dietitian and like a whole team. It's not just the person who's going to slice and dice.
0: Yeah, no. And that, that would be, uh, that's, uh, that would be interesting. Maybe we can find someone someone that does dietitian stuff
1: dietitians and there is a big d- difference in have being a dietitian and being a nutritionist i actually know a few dietitians i probably should. i'm going to hit up one of a couple of old friends and see yeah, if they'll come I on the pod it would be
0: cool to have them on and talk about that kind of thing cuz it's that's a, a whole piece of the puzzle right is understanding how food affects you i guess
1: yeah no that's a good idea and if you happen to listen to this podcast, Sarah O'Hara or <laughs> Christine uh, Rorty, I am going to hit you up soon. I think Christine lives in Fredericton now, but I'm not sure that they do. I haven't talked to them in years. But
0: <laughs> No, I think I think that's an interesting uh, profession to be in, to be honest. It's, there's the, well, I'm sure it's an ever-evolving world of things you need to know. And I'm sure there's things that are being discovered today that are completely changing the way we think about it. right well exactly um but going back to the medical side of things so i know that So the, the one i was looking at the most was gastro bypass was the one i was yeah. reading about i wasn't thinking about it i was just kind of reading about it just because it's the easiest one to find information about online yeah um and yeah like you said it's the most it seems like the most invasive of all of the things you could do yeah um and the most permanent and the most permanent yeah so that i i know someone who i thinking about it i knew someone who did it and yeah they lost a ton of weight extremely fast um i don't know they, they to the point where i didn't recognize them oh that's wild kind of crazy um but that yeah that's it's an interesting side of things is the medical options and I don't think there's anything wrong. There's nothing, there's nothing wrong with having to do it. Because no. like you said, there's just sometimes you just need to do it. And then yeah. medically, those medical options are out there for
1: you. Great. And and that's just it. And that's kind of the point that my doctor made. And what I said to my doctor too, I said, my hope is that in a year, 18 months, or whatever this doc calls me for my first appointment, <laughs> I've already lost my 200 pounds. I'll be like, sorry, bro. I got this covered. That's good. I'm not going to say I, I'm sorry, bro, to a medical professional. That's but sad. like sorry bro. Sorry, probably shouldn't say that ever i'm 40 years old but uh <laughs> but uh i yeah i it, but if not that's an intervention that is there and not without some thought and right. some consideration and there is a part of me psychologically that is worried that a lot of my identity is From being a big person yeah and that is a big part of who i uh, quote unquote a big part of who i am and then i'm like is my personality really governed by my size and but i don't know because it's all i've ever known
0: right yeah that that would definitely be that a concern right is that's kind of who you are known and that's how people see you and so like how are people going to react to a Lean, mean, fighting machine. uh, Dean. Dean. Yeah.
1: (laughs) Yeah. And and I'm sure people are be fine. And that's not as big a concern as for me as I'm going to feel about myself
0: yeah that's
1: how does my personality shift what does what happens there and maybe it doesn't like maybe i'm still same old same old who who knows but there is something to be said culturally of that like jolly fat
0: person yeah no well and that's a lot well and i i use it too as a masking thing right is right. to be a happy-go-lucky person around everyone is a, you mask it as being a bigger person that's what you have to be everyone that sees you yeah. as. yeah so yeah i know i can definitely understand where you're coming from on that one yeah
1: no, it's, it's interesting. And like, I mean, first and foremost, and it's what I've said from the very beginning of this podcast and this particular weight loss journey, it's not about the number. I know we talk about plateauing and things, but it really <laughs> isn't about that number. Even today when I weighed myself and I was more than the last time I weighed myself, I was like, you know what? It doesn't matter. This is right. fake. <laughs> like, I mean, it's not <laughs> fake. It's a real data point, but frig. Um, And I'm trying not to be obsessive about it. And like, I so far, so good. And two, it, it, ultimately, I've got to do what's best for me to be healthy, in right. which case I need to rely on the medical profession to tell me what's healthy for me.
0: No, 100%. I think it's
1: important that I ask questions and that we ask questions and that we talk about these things. But ultimately. Someone went to school
0: for a very long time to know the stuff. And you know who didn't? Me. <laughs> <laughs> but no, you're, you're right. Like, you have to ask questions and you should ask questions about what how you feel right because it's right. always important to that like but at the end of the day they went to school and they they know best as long as you know best about your mental state of it then yeah hopefully you can come together as a group at which yeah. you should if hopefully doctors and we have talked about this before the doctors have stepped up their game on that yeah front, so
1: takes a village to lose half a weight. <laughs>
0: But I think we had a great conversation this week. All right. And uh, where can people find you on the internet?
1: They can find me on Twitter at the Caitlin Dean on uh, TikTok at Fat Caitlin on Instagram at Kate D or Kated on Facebook at Caitlin Dean. And we're on Facebook as Kate and Isaiah living large, living
0: large with Kate and Isaiah. Kate and Isaiah living large. Kate we're, and Isaiah we're, we're living and large. We're like 15 now. Come on now.
1: I know you said it the last few times though. I didn't have to. And what about you?
0: And I am Maritime Brews on all of the social medias. Everywhere you can find me, that is where I will be. I am thankful everyone listens. And again, if you are not watching on YouTube and you're on Spotify or ever, if you ever want to watch the video, you can find us on YouTube. And uh, don't forget to like, subscribe to get your notifications on when. We drop our newest episodes. Wednesday mornings. Right. But until next week. Bye. See ya.